God, we just thank you for salvation this morning, Lord. Let us never forget, Lord, the root of, of who you are and why we serve you, God. We are desperate for you. Lord, let us, let our passion never die. Let us never become complacent, God. We are hungry for more of you this morning, more revelation of your cross, more revelation of your love and your truth, God. Come and rest in this place, God.
bottom of our hearts. Let's make it real if it's not real. We are desperate. We are desperate for you. Without you, we want to know you more. I'm desperate for you. For all of you, all of you, I'm lost without you. on his goodness and thank him. Lion and the lamb, the 
a resurrection out of every hopelessness and despair. There's a resurrection for every place of deadness, the, the numbness, the desperation that you may feel. Run to the cross. That's where resurrection is. Just run to Jesus. Let him fill you. Let him touch you. Let that which has hardened you Become buried in your past and let his purpose and his plan cause a new sensitivity in your heart to arise. That you're not over, it's not ended, it's never over. He's the resurrection and the life, the fulfillment of your dreams and your hopes and your desires. He's the one who meets your needs and meets you where you are. Father, we come here today because, Lord, we're going to rejoice that, Lord, even when it seems like it looks the worst for us, it's just a setup to make you look better, just to make you look awesome, just to show the awesomeness of your power. We give you praise in this place, and we come and sanctify this place for your holiness. May you rescue it. Holy Spirit, you're here. Because you value the life of everyone here today. Enhance every life. Meet every need. Heal every hurt. And do miracles in every life. We pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Would you just turn around and shake somebody's head and hug their neck? Would you welcome them today? Hallelujah. Congratulations. Good having you here. Thanks for being here. Hey, girls. Awesome job. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just greet somebody. Tell them you're glad that they are here today. Oh, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God. Mighty God. Hey, my bud, how you too? Hey, Oh, no, you look good, huh? Okay, sure will. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Wow, it is, it is so good to see you this morning. Hallelujah. Good to see each and every one of you. 
Lord bless you. Glad you weren't raptured before me. <laughs> Hallelujah. But we're going up together, aren't we? Hallelujah. Glad you're here. We bless you today. We've got a special guest who'll be singing another song in a minute. We are privileged and honored to have this young man with us. Hallelujah. Taylor Matthews. <laughs> Hallelujah. Man. So honored to have him. Honored to have each and every one of you. We are mostly honored of having the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ, here this morning. Amen. <laughs> Glory be to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We just want to welcome you. We want to encourage you to come next week also, next Sunday morning. Uh, how many of you remember when we were kids? Some of this was before you and some of this was after you. Some of you won't know what I'm talking about, but some of you will. How many of you remember the specials going go, um, back to school specials? How many of you remember that little cartoon and all that? And we might even do a little bit of conjunction function. Conjunction, conjunction, watch your function. Anyway, next week we're going to have a good time. We're going to have some door prizes and I just had on my heart some things, and then some things have happened, and I'll be sharing with you, and uh, it's just going to be an exciting time, and so, you know, bring the students, bring everybody as we get ready to go back to school. Well, they go back to school. Thank God that been over with a few years for me, but uh, th there are those who are getting ready to build their future, and we're proud of them, and we bless them. I want to read something to you out of Isaiah chapter 49. I want to read this in the message translation. Isaiah chapter 49. The last part of verse 23, somebody's praising God perfectly in the mouth of babe. That's perfect worship. Amen. Isaiah 49, verse 23. I love this part in the message. It says, you'll know that I am God. Listen to this. No one who hopes in me ever regrets it. That's the message translation. Everyone, or no one who hopes in me ever regrets it. Romans chapter five, 3, 5, verse 5, the last part says, and this hope will not lead to disappointment. Say that with me, and this hope will not lead to disappointment. Then he says here, no one who hopes in me regrets it. And then he goes on to say this, and this caught my attention. Can plunder be retrieved from a giant? Prisoners of war gotten back from a tyrant God says even if a giant grips the plunder and a tyrant holds my people prisoner I am the one who's on your side defending your cause and rescuing your children can, can a giant hold your plunder and I was thinking how many of you minds went right back to Goliath 40 days and 40 nights the Jerusalem Bible says that he used shock treatment he was a type of warrior. He was the type of giant that would use shock treatment. He would use his size and he would use his words. Forty days and forty nights he stood before Israel, mocking God and mocking them and saying, Is there not a one who will come and fight me? If you will fight me, then we will be your servants. But if I defeat your warrior, then I, you will become our servants. Have you ever, day after day, how many of you have gone through maybe 40 days and 40 nights that there's something that has been just mocking you and telling you there's no way you're going to get out of this situation, there's no way you're going to come out of this, or you're going to be healed or touched, there's no way you're going to see a change in your life? Or have you been hearing the enemy taunt you, that I've got a hold of your children, and why isn't your God rescuing them? 
You've got to understand, he's trying to shock you in intimidation and backing up and giving up. And what you've got to say is, Satan, it's not over with yet. They're alive and they're going to see that God is going to rescue them. And that there is nothing that you can do to hold them back or destroy their lives. He said, am I not the God who's on your side? That, that word there, it talked about the enemy came before him and says that all of Israel was in dismay. The word dismay means to be broken down, to be cracked under the stress. The devil wants to crack you under the stress of what's been coming against you and holding you down. He wants you just to crack under it. He wants you to break under it. But he says, but wait a minute, don't forget that I'm on your side. And when it seems like the power of the enemy is so strong that he's wanting to break you, remember that I'm the Lord who's with you and I'm not going to allow this to destroy you. In fact, as the, David told his brothers when they said, who are you against this giant? David said, there is a cause. And the cause for you, your life, your children, your marriage, whatever you're believing God for, that cause is greater than any giant who's trying to steal it from you. That cause is greater. So whatever you're coming against, whatever the enemy's trying to bring against you, the cause of Christ in you and for you is greater than anything that any giant or any enemy would try to do against you. So don't be intimidated and feared. Don't stay awake all night just knowing that something awful is going to happen. You believe in the goodness of the Lord here in the land of the living. You keep your hope in God that in nothing you will be ashamed. And when your hope is in God, you will not regret it. Give the Lord praise. You will not regret it. Amen. Ushers, come on. Would you come now, ushers? You will not regret it when God is on your side. You might have been through a lot of battles, but the God of the armies... The God who's in charge of all the angels, he's with you and not against you. Therefore, you will win. Cry out, I will win. And I will not lose. In Jesus' name, God bless you, church, as you give.
Okay, um, I'm going to introduce you guys to a, a fairly new song me and Trey wrote uh, back in the day. And it, it's the final, like, you kind of give a background, you know, about the song. Is it cool? You guys cool? All right, cool. Um, I really, I really, really enjoy, um, like, being here. It's very, very humbling to um, really uh, witness worship like you guys are worshiping right now. Um, and I really, really hope it's, like, totally pure. Um, but... Um, a few things that um, we felt the world kind of needed to know. Um, it's a very beautiful place when you step outside that door, you know. And uh, God, he started out with this barren land, you know. It wasn't even land at the beginning, you know. But everything he, he made, it's practically like he like painted it, you know, like painted it on a canvas. He had this blank canvas, and he just said, you know, I'm going to go at it, and I'm going to make something beautiful and marvelous, and that was earth, you know. And he he was gracious enough to allow us to live here. Um, and I feel like we take it for granted a lot, you know, um, definitely me. And uh, we, we tend to stay inside of our homes, the comfort of our own homes. But, you know, um, God gave us the world to, you know, have fun in, play in, you know, and just enjoy. It's that's our playground out there, um, and we we really felt that um, there needed to be a change of like how people viewed the world. You know, you, um, a lot of people get down and out. You know, um, the devil just seems to like just say, you know, uh, the world isn't good enough. You know, it's 
it's, this place sucks, pretty much, like, you know, and um, we, we tend to, you know, think, you know, if something bad happens, our whole view on the world just gets dis- disarrayed, you know, and we, we view the world as some terrible place, um, but I really believe that there needs to be a change, and hopefully this sparks that, if anybody's having, you know, a terrible week, a terrible day, that I hope that you really can see what a beautiful place it is, and that um, God gave us this to enjoy, and um, I guess the rest of the song is going to tell a story for you, so.
You got his mic on? I don't, okay. Hello. I'm sure everybody here knows how famous this guy is and that he is the winner of America's Got Talent. How many of you know top that? Winner, but top 24. Well, well, you're still, in the the still in the running. <laughs> Y'all can have a seat for just a moment. You want to tell us a little bit of what happened? Um, exactly. Like, I mean, from the beginning, I guess, maybe, or like a little snippet of the beginning. Sure. Okay, well, um, at first, I guess, I guess I'll give you guys a kind of a little story. Um, Trey, actually, uh, we were playing at Hastings one day, and uh, he came up to me, and he was like, hey, you know, why don't you try out for America's Got Talent? And I was like, mm, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm like, you know, I just don't feel um, very uh, confident in my abilities, I guess, and I just don't think that um, what I have to offer is, you know, on a TV show, is, is worth a TV show. On Trey, the other hand, I think it would be great. And it, he would blow everybody's mind, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so I mean we packed up um, I called my dad and you know it, it sat in you know my brain for like a month or so and uh the day before the audition I was like hey dad um can we can audition I mean it seemed like it'd be pretty cool we'd just take a family road trip and um we went to Dallas um packed up you know the night before we went to Dallas and uh we waited for 12 hours and um finally got in the room to audition and um they, you know, were like, we can't tell you if you made it yet. So we waited for 12 hours for pretty much nothing. And then, you know, two weeks later, a month later, they uh, called me back. And they're like, hey, you know, um, you, you made it. So I was like, super. And <laughs> I'm a great storyteller. No. Uh, <laughs> you are. You are. <laughs> but, uh, and then we made it, you know, to the, the taping you guys first saw in Dallas, which is over the rainbow. Um, you guys didn't see the pre previous thing, what I just told you. And then um, we went on to, uh, I went to go see Tracks of My Tears by Smokey Robinson in Vegas. They showed a snippet of that. And now uh, I just got done with the top 48. And that's what I just got done with. And um, I sang The Man Who Can't Be Moved by the Script. And um, my whole thing in this, um, um, if, if you guys ever notice, I don't wanna, want, want you guys to hold this against me. But um, my whole take on my ministry that God has given me, um, I want to be very subliminal. Um, I don't want to be out, you know, outright and say, you know, I'm a Christian, and everybody's going to be like, wall, you know, and people aren't going to want to listen anymore. Like, he's a Christian. I don't want to listen. That rhymed. Um, <laughs> There's a but, song. There's a song. <laughs> There's a, yeah. um, but anyways, uh, I'm, what I want to do is I really want to go mainstream. I want to, um, not exactly pop star like Pierce said, but I want to um, be very generic and reach out to everyone. Um, and they, they start getting into my music and start feeling it, you know, and they, they check my background, they check my bio on my website, you know, once they actually get involved and, in, you know, what I have to offer. And then they see where my foundation lies, and that's in Christ. Yeah. And, like, I don't, you know, um, you know, I love it. I want to, you know, you know, take advantage of this. You know, it's awesome, fame, whatever. But um, 
it's just something fun to do while I'm here on earth, you know, it's just like, hey, um, I'm going to do that, it's a lot of work, I'm not going to lie, it's, it's absolutely terrible hours, but, um, uh, like, it's, uh, it, you know, it's music, it's my, it's my heart and soul, you know, it's what God has given me, and I feel like, um, I, I kind of have a lot to offer, a lot to offer, hopefully a lot to offer, I mean, since he's given it to me, I mean, God's a, you know, he's a big guy, and like, he wants to do major things with people's lives, and hopefully I'm one of those, and it seems like, um, you know, the way things are climbing, I didn't expect this, um, that he's going to use that, you know, a very um, big like. Yes. I don't know. But anyways, awesome. yeah. Um, yeah, so like um, that's like pretty much my whole gist of my ministry. That's what I want to do. And that's kind of like um, my, my focus, my goal. That's where I want to strive to be. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed the last song because um, that's yes. pretty much where it's going to start off as. So yes. Pretty much everything. When you come on. Oh, um, I don't know exactly when I come on, actually. Um, it's two or three weeks. Uh, YouTube's this next week. They're doing this whole new YouTube competition, and after that, it's a wild card. They're going to bring back other people um, from the show that the judges thought should have made it through. And then uh, following that is going to be the top 24, and then following that is going to be the second round of the top 24. So just be uh, paying attention, you know, the next two or three weeks. So Yeah. Let us know by Facebook. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not sure if I can really, you know, announce it or anything. Yeah. But, uh, well, let us know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, this is exactly what we stand for. If you've ever gone down our hall right here, the Hall of Fame, you see the seven mountains of influence that we believe in God in. And for many years, you know, we've been guilty as church, wanting to keep all of the talent in the church and telling them, if you go in the world, we might lose you to the world. And we haven't trusted young men like you to be able to go to Hollywood and be an example, live a life, get in a position of influence and help others rise to the top. So whoever's at the top influences the nation. And so we're very proud of you and we're gonna be, you'll be in our prayers and we're honored to have you here today. And I know you stars are rolling in money, and you probably have a limousine up front. Is your mom and dad here? Is your mom? No, they're not here, but I'm sure you're just rolling the money. But <laughs> he didn't want to uh, charge us for this morning, but we, we wanted to give you something because I know you got to go to Hollywood, right? Aren't you heading towards Hollywood? When, when's that? We have two or three weeks. Two or three weeks. They haven't called you yet, but you're going. And so we wanted to sow into this ministry, into this life. Amen. And, uh, and you, know, you know your people, you know all your people here in central Louisiana and Louisiana, we're proud of you. And just like the saints, we thank you for putting us back on the map. And uh, And I've read on Facebook, and now I know you won honestly because you got all the talent, but I read on Facebook that there are some ladies in here that voted for you 10 times. <laughs> I'm not going to say who, but it's on Facebook. <laughs> 10 times. They said, oh, I voted for him for 10 times. So anyway, you got a good crowd. We may be a small community, but if everybody votes 10 times, <laughs> you're always going to win. <laughs> And we're proud of Trey, I tell you. We're proud of this guy right here. And we know, we know God's got great things planned for these guys. Amen. 
So y'all remember your prayers. Remember to vote 10 to 20 times. When it comes time, text any way you can. And, and Brother Taylor, Lord bless you. Awesome music. Man, I could see Coldplay, and it was yellow all over that song, man, but it's even better. Lord bless you, and looking forward to seeing your music, your videos, seeing you in concert, and when you get big, hope you don't forget us. God bless you. Let's give them another big hand. Did you have something you want to say? Huh? You all right? Anyway, God bless you. Thank you, guys. Well, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's really hard to follow after that. I mean, just what do I do, man? I, you know, I don't know what I, you know. Anyway, praise God. It feels weird. It feels old. <laughs> I mean, how do you act cool after that? You know, well, you know. <laughs> we're glad you're here today, and we do want to give you some of the word. Of course, we came here for the word. Amen. And uh, we, we, asked the, we asked them to do a concert tonight. I don't think, I think they got other things planned, but you never know. So come back tonight, and if they don't give one, I will. <laughs> and uh, we'll sing, uh, I Saw the Light or something like that. Anyway, we're glad you're here. We've been sharing a few weeks now on Search and Destroy. Search and Destroying Eras. I want to go through this real quickly. Hidden faults, these hidden faults that are trying to destroy us, who, that try to come back around and try to get at us and pull us down and keep us from keeping our destiny, things that are trying to rule over us. And we saw over there in 2 Corinthians 10 that though we live in this world, we don't wage war as the world does. And it goes on to say, we have divine power to demolish strongholds and demolish arguments and take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. These strongholds is what tries to arise to destroy our lives. We want to catch it and nick it in the root. And according to Jeremiah chapter 110, we want to uproot it and demolish these things that are trying to hurt us. And one of the things I want to touch on this morning, and I believe we're going to get to some points that will be a blessing to you. A lot of times we're unwilling to change until we hurt enough. I wish we could learn things the easy way. I wish we could learn things from the elders and older people and learn from their experiences and their mistakes. I, I wish we could, but a lot of us are just sometimes just too hard-headed or some of us are trying to do things not to learn it the easy way. And therefore, sometimes we have to hurt so much we're willing to change or we're willing to destroy the strongholds. Because if we don't destroy the strongholds, the strongholds are going to end up destroying us. Now, if we could dim the lights just for a moment, uh, there's something I want to share with you. I want to share a little video, video clip that I looked up. When I started uh, studying on uh, the molting of the eagles, and, I, and it explains it pretty much itself. So I want you to see this video clip. Just pay attention to the words. Who is this king of glory that pursues me with his love? Softly spoken words And my conscience a reminder Of forgiveness that I need Who is this king of glory Who offers it to me Who is this king of Change. And don't 
That tells the story. How many are ready for a new change, a new beginning in life? Sometimes we have to get to that point where when we're in the most deepest part of our pain, David called it the darkness of the soul. In the melting process, that eagle would fly into that mountaintop and end up after it plucks its fingers, it's full of sores. It can't hunt. It can't eat. So I looked up, and they showed pictures of the, with the broken beaks. And during this time, a lot of eagles commit suicide. They end up getting so out of their mind, they jump off the cliff, and they took pictures of eagles' bodies in the melting process, just their bones left. A lot of times when we're going through times of pain and we're going through times of inner searching, it's easy to run back to strongholds instead of continue to go forward until the strongholds are broken. And the thing that's real interesting about eagles when they're molting is that they can't hunt. So listen to this. If, it's, if it wasn't for the older eagles who had already gone through the process, they wouldn't live because the older eagles bring them the food. The younger eagles don't. They've never been through the process yet when they turned 40. But when they've turned 40, they've gone through the process. The older eagles who have been through that pain, that divorce, the death of that child, the older eagles that many don't look at and put importance to are the way to give them life and help them through those dark times and that pain and that agony to go forward into their future because they've been there. There's nobody who can look at you when you're going through whatever you're going through like somebody who's already been through it. And that's what we're a church of, and that's what God has called us to be a church of. We're not a people of judgment. We're a people of mercy to say, hey, we've been through there. We've been through that. I'm here for you. I love you because I expect that you're getting ready to have a new chance at life, and you're ready to go, get ready to go forward and find something that you've been looking for all of your life. Can I hear an Amen. They're going through this process, and it hurts, and it's be so, they can't walk. They're just naturally surviving by someone else taking care of them, and that's what the type of church we want to be. We want to be a church of mercy, grace, and love that when you're going through it, you can find help and grace of time of need. But at the same time, it's not to have people who are codependent looking, like I shared last week with the IV, trying to find who to plug into that's going to beat my needs, but it's to go to the cross. And finally learn to hang up my codependency and what I, the, the, what's been giving me a rush and what's been getting me through and the habits and the strongholds. And nail it to the cross with Christ so that all my sufficiency will be of him and of his grace and of his power and of his might. Amen. Strongholds speak of whatever I need to get my needs met and whoever and whatever I need to plug into. Is these things that distract us from the cross and get us into places of, of being hurt and open our doors for things which are hidden to continue to be hidden. I want to show you in Matthew chapter 12 as we get ready to study someone today. Jesus said, as far as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. I just want to stop with that right quick. When we're going through a process of destroying strongholds, I would love to tell you it's seven times around Jericho. It's a shout and all the strongholds are down. Sometimes God does deliver us from strongholds like that. But I want to share with you, as a believer for over 30 years, most of my strongholds and the ones I'm still dealing with, they didn't go down overnight. They were a painful, trying time. And let me share something else with you. Many times, like Jonah and like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, there's a time where you're in the ground and there's a groan that has to come out. 
There has to be a groan that comes out of us because those strongholds are so deep that there are groans and there are cries intermingled with those strongholds that if I'm going to see those strongholds uprooted, then there's going to be a groan that's going to come out on the inside of me when I feel like I just want to die. When I feel like I either go back to my stronghold and, and find a time of relief and then have to start over again or just stick it through. And sometimes waddling on the floor, rolling around on the floor, crying out to God, I can't do this without your grace. I need your help to free me and deliver me. It's those groans. Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane and he said, my soul is sorrowful even unto death. I feel like I'm at the point where I cannot even go on. And Father, if you can, take this away from me. But yet, that groan brought in a grace. That groan brought in a grace to where he was able to say, but Lord, it's not my will, but thy will be done. And that's exactly what we're going to see happen to Jonah. And just to confirm this, I got here Wednesday and the Lord had put Jonah in my heart. He says, I want you to study the strongholds of Jonah. And I wrote a few things down here and got here and Brother Don shared about Islam Wednesday night. And Lord and behold, his half of his message was on the book of Jonah. And we were in the office and he says, I'm going to share some things on Jonah. I said, oh my, don't preach my message. I'm preaching on Jonah Sunday. And so it was just confirmation. So I just want you to know there's been confirmation that as I dig into the life of Jonah today, there's going to be some things that are going to speak to you and, and help you get out of the tomb process and get into the part of resurrection. Amen. Well, I want you to see a few things here as you're taking notes. Jonah was a man who was on the run, but yet God was pursuing. There's some people here this morning, this message is going to speak to you because it's about trying to run the opposite direction from God. I had read it and wrote it down, but then Brother Don also said that, as he showed us on the map, that Jonah was called to go from Israel to Nineveh, which is Iraq. But instead of going to Iraq, he thought, you know what, I'm going to go to Spain. I'm going to learn to dance the tango. I'm going to drink some sangrias and eat some uh, uh, stuff over there. And I'm just going to go to the Spain, which was known as the end of the earth. I'm going to try to get as far away from God as I can in my lifestyle. I'm going to try to get so away from God to where I'm not even going to feel his presence. But even there, God is there. This is a book that Jonah, he wrote about himself. Listen to this. If we're going to destroy strongholds, this is the one thing we got to see. Jonah was a man who was rebellious. He was very hard-hearted. He had a lot of anger issues. He had racist issues. He had a lot of problems inside of him that's going to manifest during the process as we see this. But the thing we want to see about Jonah was Jonah ended up writing this book as a confession. And he didn't mind opening up in the windows of his soul to show how bad he was when God had to get a hold of him and break some things in his life. If we're going to get rid of some strongholds, we're going to have to be open. And David even said, my heart was open and you saw within my soul. If we're going to get rid of some strongholds and some things in our life, we're going to have to get transparent. And Jonah says, you know, I don't mind being transparent. And there's something interesting about the book of Jonah. When the Israelites, even today, celebrate Yom Kippur, they read the entire book of Jonah and the first two chapters of the book of Micah. And they read it all together to set themselves up in the attitude of repentance. Because the book of Jonah is a book of confession. But the reason we'll find out Jonah never changed is because he confessed his sins, but he never truly repented of his sins. And until we get into the depths of repentance, we'll never see the strongholds broken and we'll never see things in our life be broken to where we won't regress and go back to them. So Noah, I mean Jonah has shown us here that it's important that we get to the point where we experience the brokenness and the openness that he did. And then I wrote here, if I look bad, and that's why Jonah wrote this book, if I look bad, it's because God is getting ready to look good. And how many know it's more important about God looking good than me or you? Amen. Now, what you see here in Hebrews chapter 4, it talks here in verse 12 and 13. God means what he says, and what he says goes. 
Now, you can fight against that any way you want to, but it says here, God means what he says, what he says goes, and he talks about his word being a sharp two-edged sword. And I want you to see the last part here. It says, we can't get away from it no matter what. Today, it would just be best to surrender. Take it from Jonah. Take it from many in the word of God. You can try to run and you can try to escape and you try, can try to back away from the process of the brokenness and going to the cross and dying and get to that place of the tomb. But there is no way out of it if we're going to go forward. That eagle had to make a choice at 40 years old. If I'm going to renew my life, I'm going to have to pay a price of being totally dependent upon someone to take care of me, God. I'm going to have to take out what I thought was my protection. I have to take out my, my, my beak, my wisdom. I will have to take out my talons, which is my source for income. I will have to pluck out my feathers, which is my way of escape and my way of existing. I'm going to have to get totally naked before God. I'm going to have to get totally humiliated and broken to where if I want to go forward, then I'm going to have to choose to die right now at the place where I am. That is how strongholds are broken in my life. Am I going to go back to things on the computer? Am I going to go back to the, this type of lifestyle? Am I going to go back to these type of friends? Or am I going to die and at times feel alone? Am I willing to be alone in this process for Jesus to be exalted in my life? That's a huge question. And it talks about no matter how far we run away, we can't get away from it. It talks in Jonah chapter 1. It says, one, chapter 1 verse 1, it says, One day long ago, God's word came to Jonah. Uh, upon your feet and on your way to the big city of Nineveh. Preach to them. This is, they're in a bad way and I can't ignore it any longer. But Jonah got up and went in the other direction of Tarshish, which was Spain, running away from God. Running away from God. He went down to the port of Joppa, found a ship headed for Tarshish. He paid the fare and went on board, joining those going to Tarshish. Look what it says here. He wanted to get as far away from God as he could get. You know what? If I go to the end of the earth, if I can just run away. David said, if I had wings to fly away, if I could just get away from God, if I could get away from church, then all of a sudden, how many times people have gotten away from church, they've gotten a job, and they think, you know what? There's no Christians here. And the one person who befriends you happens to be a Christian and starts inviting you to church, and you think there's no way of me ever getting away from God. You fall in love with somebody and you want to start dating them. Come to find out they're a born-again believer and they won't compromise. You think you could run away from God, but God is there. I want you to see he was wanting to run away, but it says here in the next portion, it says, Jonah was furious. What got him in the belly's well? The, well, the whale's belly. There's, I did that years ago. I did the same thing. What got him into the position, the condition he got himself into? It says he was furious and he lost his temple, temper. It says here, he yelled at God. He yelled at God. God, I knew it when I was back home. I knew that this was going to happen. That's why I ran off. You know why Jonah ran off? Because he says, if I don't show up, God won't show up. I want to see them people genocide. I want to see them 120,000 people. My feelings are more important than 120,000 people. I don't want to see them people saved. I think we ought to just nuke the whole Middle East and get rid of them. I think we ought to just nuke the whole Asia and get rid of them. I think we ought to just do this and do that because you know what? They want to kill us anyway, so let's kill them first. And then our minds go through all these type of things. And Jonah had the same type of attitude. 
God even said, there's 120,000 in this city, and you're crying over a leaf that dried up. You're crying over your comfort. He says, that's why I ran off to Tarshish, because I knew you were sheer grace and mercy. Not easily angered, rich in love, and ready to drop at the drop of a hat to turn your plans of punishment. Oh, how many are thankful that he's ready to turn his plans from a plan of punishment to a plan of forgiveness. How many are thankful for that? But you see, he had a stronghold. He had anger. He had rage against these people. They were cruel people. The Nineveh people were known for torture. They're the ones who invented burying men to their necks in the sand. And they would uh, drill a hole through their tongue and put leather through their tongue to where their mouth would have to stay open as they would bury it in their tongue so that animals would come and scorpions and ants and stuff and eat them up alive from the inside as well as out. They would kill all the men and take the women and make them slaves and the children. They were known for a ruthless people. And Jonah says, you know what? You want to kill them? I'm going to enjoy the sight because I want to see a genocide. I just want to see them killed. He had the attitude that you hear the president from Moran talking about doing it to Israel. He had the attitude where we don't want to give them any hope. But yet he depended upon the love and the mercy of God. But we don't want to see the love and God of mercy brought to them. He had problems. He had issues. They didn't get him very far. I want you to see some things here. He was furious. Goes on to say, as they were in the boat, fearing for their lives and desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. And all this time, look at this, Jonah was sound asleep down in the stronghold. He had gave in to the stronghold of anger and rage and rebellion and racism so many times he became numb and so hard that it says that he was sound asleep in the stronghold and the captain went down after him and he says how can you sleep at a time like this how many times we wonder how, how can somebody sleep through this we know we're in the end times how can someone continue living that lifestyle of sin and continue giving in to those type of strongholds? You know the time's running short. You know we're not ha we don't have very much time here on this earth. I know that you think, well, you know, I've heard that for millions of hundreds of years. But the thing about it is, is we know by everything the signs of the times that Jesus is coming soon. How long will you continue to sleep in the stronghold? And it says that they shouted, get up and pray to your God. Maybe he will hear and pay attention to us. Maybe, maybe he will save us. They were trying to cry out. And look what, it goes, look what happens. Confess why this disaster. What is your work? Where do, they, where do you come from? What country? What family? And he told them, I'm a Hebrew. I worship God and the God of heaven who made the sea and the land. All of a sudden, he started confessing, I'm on the run. And they said, why didn't you tell us this? Why are, are you on the run? And then look what happened. It says, at that, the men were frightened and really frightened and said, what on earth have you done? And Jonah talked to the sailors, realized that he was running away from God. And they said to him, what are we going to do with you to get rid of this storm? And by this time, the sea was wild and totally out of control. Then they prayed to God. Listen, Jonah wasn't praying to God. These heathen men were praying to God. They prayed to God. Oh God, don't let us drown because of this man. Your son. Here's your child. Here are your Christians. And they're not even warning us. They're not telling us about the things to come. They're not telling us what would happen if I end up dying in my sin. They're so caught up in strongholds that I'm not hearing the truth about my life. Lord, don't blame us for his death. 
You are God. You hear what these heathen sailors were crying out? You are God. Do what you think is best. Jonah should have been praying this way. We need to be praying this way. God have mercy on me. I just live with this stronghold. And I just expect one day you're going to come and you're going to take it away. No. There's a groan and a death process. That we have to go, go through to get rid of these strongholds. And then I want you to see. And God assigned a huge fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the fish's belly three days and nights. Strongholds will get us in a place where we don't want to go. But you know what the good news is? Even in that place, God will meet us. If you're here today and you were somewhere last night or the last few weeks, the last year, maybe this is the first time you're in church after a long time. Maybe your life has not been right, but even in the worst place that you have gotten yourself into, I'm going to show you in the word of God that God will meet you there. And he's got a rescue plan. You may think it's, it's over for you. You may think it's the end, but with God, it's never the end. It's always your decision for a new beginning. I want you to see here. It says in Psalms chapter 104, ships plow through the, those waters and Leviathan, your pet dragon, romps in them. I want to share this with you. You know, it says in another translation that the sea dragon, the sea monster, was God's uh, pet. And I could picture, you know, God throwing a, a, a stick and then here comes this big old sea monster. You know, he's just been playing with this all this time Then one day he decides he's going to throw Jonah in there. Have you ever felt like God was just, just playing with you and turmoil? Have you ever felt like God was just picking at you? Why is God picking at me? God, why are you doing this to me? Why am I going through these circumstances and situations? And the truth is, it's not God who is doing that. He's using things to try to get your attention to bring you back to him. He wants to bring you back to him. He loves you. But he cannot love me after what I've done. I'm telling you, he loves you. Even after what you've done, he loves you and he wants to help you. Look at this. In Psalms chapter 139, verse 1, it says, Oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted in all my ways. For there is no word on my tongue, but behold, O oh Lord, you know it altogether. You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness, I'm going to share with you later on, strongholds open the door for darkness. Surely the darkness shall fall on me. Even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide you, hide from you. But the night shines as the day, and the darkness and the light are both alike to you. The dark places. Those eagles had to go in dark places to renew their youth. Sometimes you and I have to go to dark places. And listen, I'm telling you, even, even through experiences with family, with friends... Most people do not want to know the truth about themselves. I'll go to a counselor if you tell me what I want to hear. I'll change if it's the way I feel like I need to change, not how you or anybody else tells me I need to change. 
We don't want to go to those dark places where we truly, just instead of just confessing, get to the point and say, I am wrong and I need to change. I need to destroy that which is destroying me. I need to get rid of that before it gets rid of me. I've got to get to those points, into those dark places where nobody knows and nobody may understand. And I may be walking around and people are wondering what's wrong with me. It doesn't matter what people think. I'm just going through this right now. And and I'm struggling and I'm fasting and I'm praying. And God, you know my heart. I failed again, but yet you said, though I fall, I can get back up because of your righteousness. So I'm not going to give up on my life. I don't believe you. I'm going to trust in you. Lord, if you were able to save Jonah, even at his strongholds and David. David and Solomon and all the others. Lord, I'm coming to you and I believe you're going to be able to rescue me out of this stronghold that I'm in. Now I want you to see, when it really gets rough, what happened? The men, the ungodly were praying. But now look at this. Then Jonah prayed. Then Jonah prayed. But when? He prayed to his God from the belly of the fish. That's when Jonah started praying. Uh, Before that, he was sleeping. He prayed in trouble, deep trouble. Deep trouble. The storm wasn't enough. The airplane being in trouble wasn't enough. I prayed to God and he answered me. From the belly of the grave I cried, help! And you heard me. You threw me into the ocean's depths, into a watery grave. When ocean waves and ocean breakers crushing over me. I said, I've been thrown away, thrown out. Some of you may feel, I've been thrown away. I've been thrown out. Out of your sight, I'll never again lay my hands on your holy temple. You know what he's talking about there? I'll never sense your presence again. I'll never sense your presence again. Ocean gripped me by the throat. The ancient abyss grabbed me and held me tight. My head was all tangled up in seaweed at the bottom of the sea where the mountains take root. I was as far down as a body can go. And the gates were slamming shut behind me forever. Yet. (laughs) Yet. Yet you pulled me from that grave alive. Come on, somebody here. Whatever grave you've put yourself in or have been put into, God is able to pull you out alive. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You pulled me out of that grave alive. Oh, God, my God, when my life was slipping away, I remembered God. And my prayer got through to you and made it all the way to your holy temple. Can I hear an amen this morning? Those who worship hollow gods, God frauds, walk away from their only true love. But I'm worshiping you, God, calling out in thanksgiving. And I'll do what I promised I'll do. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. We have to get to rock bottom before we're ready to say, okay, God, I surrender. I'll do that. I'll serve you. I'll give it up. I'll stop being selfish and I'll start doing what you want me to do. I promise I'll do. Salvation belongs to God. How many know many times we get into those places? It's like Ebenezer Scrooge. Thank you for showing me my mistake because he was going into the same place that his his last buddy was at. At the worst possible place you met me. I want you to know something very interesting here. This prayer in chapter 2, none of these verses are original from Jonah. He prayed 15 chapters out of the book of Psalms. I want to give you a note about that. If you have some strongholds in your life, write this down. Jonah prayed 15 Psalms. From memory to break his stronghold. 
Time and time again, David said, your word is a lamp unto my feet. How will a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed to the word of God. Church, listen, if we're going to get rid of strongholds, if we're going to be able to break free from going towards death and being buried alive, we got to get to the point like Jonah. He was able to quote 15. That's why we believe in Sunday school. That's why we believe in children's church. That's why we believe in family devotion. That's why we believe in meditating upon the word day and night. Because when you get to the point where you're dying and you don't know what else to say, he remembered the 15 Psalms of David and it brought him through and it saved his life. We're going to break strongholds by getting to the book of Psalms. Helpless. I can't change anything, but God can. And then we see in 2 verse 10, and then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out of the ocean. Amen. I want you to see something here in Psalms. Psalms chapter 18, verse 3. I called on the Lord who is worthy of praise, and he saved me from my enemies. The ropes of death entangled me. Floods of destruction swept over me. The grave wrapped its ropes around me. Death laid a trap in my path. But in my distress, somebody cry out, in my distress. I cried out to the Lord. Yes, I prayed. To my God for help. And he heard me. He shouldn't have, but he heard me. He listened to me even though I had done what I'd done. He heard me out of his sanctuary. My cry to him reached his ears. And the earth quaked and trembled. The foundations of the mountains shook and quaked because of his anger. Smoke poured from his nostrils. Fierce flames leaped from his mouth. Glowing coals blazed forth from him. He opened the heavens and came down. Storm dark clouds beneath his feet. Mounted on mighty magellic beings. He flew soaring in the wings of clouds. And then let me get to this point here. Look what it says. And he shot his arrows and scattered his enemies. His lighting flashed and they were greatly confused. Then at your command, O Lord, at the blast of your breath, the bottom of the sea could be seen and the foundations of the earth were laid bare. He reached down from heaven and he rescued me and he drew me out of deep waters. Deep waters. What I'm talking to you about right here it's so easy when we get in trouble to cry out to God so sincerely. But then when it starts going good and he heals us and when he touches us and he blesses us and he gives us that job and he gives us that promotion. It's so easy to go back to who we were because we confessed our sins but we didn't repent of our sins. Look what happens. It says here in Jonah 4.1, Jonah was furious. He lost his temper. He yelled at God. God, I knew it. When I was back home, I knew this was going to happen. That's why I ran off to tarnish. I knew you were sure grace and mercy, not easily angered, rich in love, and ready at the drop of a hat to turn your plans of punishment into a program of forgiveness. So God, if you don't kill them, here's the stronghold. He always spoke this way. Watch, he's going to speak it more. If you don't kill them, kill me. I'm better off dead. God saved him from that whale's belly. God heard his cry and he even praised God for him. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you for not allowing me to die in that automobile accident. Thank you for saving me from when I held the gun to my throat and I was getting ready to pull the trigger and something just came across my mind. You made me see my child or you made me see something that just brought back to my memory that you loved me. I remembered a hymn at that moment. Thank you that at the time when I was getting ready to take those drugs and all of a sudden something came on my face. I saw my mom praying for me and it moved me to stop. Thank you, Lord, for, for saving me from that situation. How many times did God save us 
from a situation. And after it's all done, it's so easily forgotten about and the stronghold is still there. He says, God, if you won't kill them, then kill me. And then what Jonah says. And the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry about this? Let me put it in in, in, in an easy term. Listen to every listen to this. This anger situation. Is it doing you any good? Unforgiveness. Is it working for you? Is it working for you to hold that grudge? Is it working for you to continue to talk about how bad and evil they were for you? How good is that working for you? That's what God is saying. You think you have a right to be angry? And if you do think you have a right to be angry, how good is it making your life? Are you really happy? Oh, you're having your way, but you're not experiencing my peace. That grudge you're holding, how good is it doing you? That silent treatment between you and your husband, you and your wife, how good is it doing you? You think you're going to better keep that up forever? Just stop. Humble yourself. And let's destroy that stronghold so it doesn't continue destroying your relationships. Because the thing about a stronghold, listen to this. It didn't only get Jonah in a bad place. It got all those who were with him in a rough place. That's the problem with strongholds. It's not only dangerous to ourselves. It's dangerous to those that we love and those that we're around. Now look at this. And the Lord God arranged for a leafy plant to grow there and soon it spread its broad leaves over Jonah's head and shading him from the sun and this eased his discomfort and Jonah was there grateful for the plant oh this is great because you know what Jonah was doing listen this is so typical Jonah went up on the mountain and he says you know what he started thinking God says if I want to save him I want to save him this is what Jonah said you know what nobody can behave for 40 days so I'm going to go sit on the mountain real far because the first person who eats something before the fast is to be broken, God's going to rain down fire and I'm going to see them destroyed anyway. So you know what? I don't have to worry about this. Why am I getting upset about this? They're going to die and go to hell anyway. So he went, sat up on the mountain and then God puts this leaf and he feels like he's all comfortable, but God also arranged for a worm. How many of there's always a worm? God arranged for a worm. The next morning at dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant so that it withered away. He raised his comfort. How many know God knows how to deal with problems? My kids showed me this uh, video on YouTube, and it was about this geek. Maybe you saw it. It's about this geek who uh, was into computer games, and his mom and dad, his brother knew that his mom and dad was getting ready to take the game away from him. So his brother went set up a camera in his room to show him pitching a temper tantrum because his parents were about ready to tell him. You saw it? Uh-huh. I was going to show it, but I know I didn't have time this morning. So his parents, his brother went set up a camera in his room to uh, record his brother having a, uh, a temper tantrum. And so his parents told him, you cannot play that game anymore. And he went in his room, he shut his door. He was so mad, he came out of his clothes except for his underwear. He got so shoe and he started hitting himself in the head. I mean, maybe you saw this on YouTube. I mean, this kid, he was furious. He was on the bed, he was hitting himself. The boy went totally crazy. Well, that's how Jonah was. Why? The stronghold was so strong in his life. I can't play this game. I just want to die. If God don't give me that woman, 
I just want to die. If God don't give me that man, if God don't give me that success, if God don't give me that new job, just, just kill me if you don't give it to me. And God is saying, I know what's best. No! God! That's what Jonah did. If you never did it, don't tell me you never thought about doing it. See, Jonah was honest and open. He said, I shook my fist at God. I got angry at God. When my mom passed away in 84, I had friends who looked at me and they sent me to hell because I said, I, I said in front of the whole bunch that I was angry with God. And they said, How, oh God, get away from Russell, lightning's going to fall. I said, lightning's not going to fall. You know why? Because I know my father. And he already knows my heart, so why should I lie and say, oh, I love the Lord. The Lord is so good. No, I'm angry. He killed my mama. I got angry at him. And everybody thought, oh, you're the worst of sinners. Oh, you're so bad. No, I knew God knew my heart. I was working through it. But I needed some help. There's been times you've, you've fought with being angry with God. God, why don't you just save him? Why don't you just take that desire out of his heart? God says, I'm trying to take the desire out of your heart. I'm trying to work those things out of your life. And he goes on, on and he, took, he sent the worm to destroy it. And then look what it says. Then God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? Look what Jonah, yes, even angry enough to die. Here's a prophet of God. Yes, I have a right to be mad. Even angry enough to die. You see that word death? Just wish I was dead coming back again. I wish I was dead coming back again. I wish I was dead coming back again. If I don't have my way, if it doesn't go the way I want it, I just wish I was dead again. I wish I was somewhere else. And then look at what God says. Then the Lord said, you feel sorry about this plant, though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and died quickly. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness. Not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? God loves our cities. God is pulling on hearts in a movement about to take the streets of our city. God is raising up people with a heart for the poor, the needy, the distressed, those that are in spiritual darkness that don't know the Lord. The church is getting ready to go out of the walls of the church to minister to the hurt, the needy, the hungry, the poor. And many times we go, well, you know, if somebody's in that position, they got themselves in that position. And God is saying, do you have a right to judge them? I shook hands with a homeless man who had been homeless just two weeks ago. Been homeless for 30 years. He didn't feel comfortable in most churches. And he came up and we were speaking for a while. Thing about it is, I hugged him and loved him as my brother. Didn't judge him for his past. I said, come on, let's just walk together for your future. It's not over. Do I have a right to be, keep the anger, the stronghold of anger in my life because things don't go my way? Do I have a right to be angry when I'm put on the back burner and it seems like I'm hidden? Listen, I'm going to talk to some today right now. If you feel like you're on the back burden, burden, burner and your life is hidden why can't I be ministering why can't I be seen why can't I be doing this I ought to be doing that why am I not being used what's wrong with my life it may be 
that you are in that whale's belly, that place of secluded darkness being hidden, where God is working to defeat and break some strongholds that are hidden, errors and faults that might will come up and destroy your life in the future. You never rush the 40 years of the desert. But after 40 years, there is renewal. You stay hidden before God and you let him do his work. Amen. I want to finish here. Psalms chapter 32. It says, when I refuse to confess my sin, look what happens here. It affects the body. Remember I told you that if we don't destroy the strongholds, the strongholds will destroy us. Look what David says here. When I refuse to confess my sin, hidden, the errors, the faults, the sin is hidden. My body wasted away and I groaned all day long. God, why don't you love me? Don't take your spirit from me. Why don't I feel your presence? Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy upon me. You were convicting me. You were telling me, son, you've got to come back. You know this is the truth. You know this is the way. Why do you continue to stay longer in that type of lifestyle? Come back. Come back. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. That's why Jonah could sleep when all the guys, the sailors were hollering, God, God, God. He was sleeping through all the screams. He was, screaming through, he was sleeping through all the storm. Why? All of his strength had been drained. Why? He was running away from God. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. Lord, I've been rebellious. I have not been right in my heart and my attitude. I have been rebellious. And you forgave me. Now look at this. And all my guilt is gone. Therefore, let all the godly pray to you. Wow. There is still time. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Godly doesn't mean you're perfect. It means you are God's child and you want to be like God. There is still time. Wherever you are today, whatever situation you find yourself, there is still time. But I'm telling you, today is that time. Jesus said, the signs of Jonah will come into this generation. He said, a greater than Jonah is here. Jonah went to the heathen reluctantly and with anger. I come gladly to give my life and to warn the world of eternal punishment of hell and sin. Jesus has given this message today to warn you that there is a judgment that's coming. And there is a hell. Prepare for devil and his angels and all those who do not receive Jesus and give their lives to him. Spirit of Christ is here today to meet you. He wants to rescue you if you've never known him. He wants to rescue you if you're backslidden, you've been around running. You're doing everything you can to cover up the guilt. You're trying to do everything you can to remove the shame. You, you do everything you can in friendships and hobbies and, and outings. And you try to keep your mind occupied so you don't go there. You stay up to three or four in the morning trying to stay busy. So Because if you go to sleep, all of a sudden... 
You start seeing visions of the cross. Or you start hearing your mother pray. Or you start hearing a, a word you heard from a pastor. You're doing everything you can to try to escape that torment of hearing any type of sound that reminds you of Jesus and the way. But he's here today and he has showed us in his word. You cannot run away from him. He said, I'll never leave you, forsake me. Though you do me, I will never forsake you. He's calling you right now. Wherever you are in your life, whatever strongholds, maybe it's anger. And anger is a huge one. Maybe it's resent, being resentful. Jonah was resentful that he had to go to those people. Maybe you're resentful about something that happened in the past. Resentful of a marriage that's gone wrong or a promotion that wasn't given to you or something else. Maybe you've been living a life of rebellion, which is the sin of witchcraft, idolatry, worshiping self and other things instead of worshiping God. Anger, unforgiveness. Maybe somebody's hurt you and the Lord's been dealing with you to forgive that person that abused you. And deep down, you've fought the feelings of saying, you know, that person deserves to go to hell. But in God's eyes, he says that great city of Nineveh does not deserve to go to hell. Not even the animals. He went on to say not even the animals deserve to be destroyed. How much more a human soul made in his likeness. I know that person hurts you and I know that it was the most unfair thing that you went through. But you've got to, by grace and with God's help, forgive that person who has hurt you and has treated you. This message is speaking to your heart. Would you raise your hand and say, pray for me? That's me. Okay, I see those hands. Raise them up. Let God see them. Let the Father see them. I see all the way on the back row. Yes, sweetheart, I see that hand. I see that hand. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, I see all those hands. You can put them down. Just raise them and put them down. God bless you. God bless you. Heavenly Father, you see the hands all across this place of all ages the hurts, the pains. Lord, so many of us are in that dark place that is the most sorrowful and hurtful place. To go there is to remember, and to remember is to hurt. Lord, there are many here right now, they're having to remember, and it hurts. It seems like it hurts so bad, it's even deadly. But it's at that point where that ego was, where there was nothing else he could do for himself but just depend upon you. There are those here right now that raise their hands that, Lord, all they can do is depend on you, that you have to take the hurt and the pain and the anger out of their heart. Through eyes of faith, we ask you to heal and let them see your goodness. Let them see your mercy. Lord, we don't want to be like Jonah and live our life out, always being angry, upset, throwing temper tantrums because things just didn't go the way we wished they would have. Lord, help us to walk in mercy as you're a God of mercy, loving kindness, ready to forgive at the drop of a hat. And grace your people now and heal those wounds. Heal the wounds by your spirit. If you're here today and you say, preacher, I'm backslidden. I've, I've, I'm the one who's been running. This message was about running from God. That stronghold's been causing you to run. If you're here today and you're running from God and you want to come back to Him, I want you to raise your hand. If you've been running from God, raise your hand. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. If you've been running from God and you're ready to surrender, I want you to raise your hand. 
you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, I want you to raise your hand if you've never gotten saved before and you want to get your life right with God today, raise your hand. Right now, Christians be praying. Anybody at all? I want to get saved. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to escape the judgment and the hell that's coming. And I want to live eternity with Jesus. Anybody here at all? Anybody else? Anybody else? God bless you. I want you to keep your eyes closed and your heads bowed. And as an act of your faith, because let me share something with you. Confession is easy. Repentance is action. We can confess all we want to, but repentance requires action. And that's what breaks the stronghold. If you're here today and you raised your hand either to rededicate your life to Jesus or to be born again, all right, everyone's praying and their heads are bowed. I want you to come up here. Just come stand up here. And I want you to come and we're going to say a prayer. We're going to give your life over to Jesus and rededicate it once again. All those in the back. There were many in the back. Come. Come all over this place. Would you come now? And then I want a brother and sister. If you need a friend to come with you, have a friend to come with you. You don't have to come by yourself. Someone could come with you. Come and stand. Then I want a brother and a sister to come stand behind them. They will not stand here alone. Come. Come. There are those who raise their hand. Come. Come. Don't be ashamed. Come and receive. Come and receive. Come. Come back to Jesus. Come back to Jesus. Come back to Jesus. I, I want a sister behind a sister and a brother behind a brother. Quickly. Don't let them stand alone. Precious lives. Precious lives. God bless you. God bless you. Christians, be praying. Be praying. Here comes another sweet one. Oh, glory be to Jesus. Come. Come. Anyone else? You know God's dealing with you today. Come. 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 Come and surrender. You know there's some areas of your life you need to surrender. Come and surrender today. Come. Come, don't leave here. Don't leave here without giving your life back over to Jesus. Come. There's time. There's time. There's time. There's time. There's no hurry at this moment. My mom used to sing a song about a young lady. Every time the altar call came, she thought, I've got plenty of time. But then it spoke about her life going on, and then she got older, and she, the chorus was, darkness trembled, and the name he called my, was mine. And she descended into hell, and she sang, and I had thought I had plenty of time. And now she says, all I do have is plenty of time to think how heaven could have been my gain. And now I spend an eternity in hell. Don't let that be your song. Don't let that be your story. Don't let that be the way your story ends. Come, come and surrender today. Come and surrender today. This message was for many. Come and surrender those strongholds. Doesn't matter what you've done. He's ready right now to forgive you and to cleanse you, to wash you, and to forget. Forget it all. Anyone else? Anyone else? Don't delay. Don't delay. Come. Precious Jesus. Precious Jesus, precious Jesus. Holy, holy are you, Lord. Holy, holy are you, Lord. Holy, holy are you, Lord. God is so good. Anyone else today? You know, you have to surrender.
need help. We all need help. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Honey, Cindy, would you come, please? You're going to make it this time. You're going to make it this time. God bless you. God was moving during the service, wasn't he? So it was for all of us. God bless you too so much. It was sent straight to you. Is this your first time here? This is your first time. Okay. Good Advil today. God bless you, sweetie. You're ready for a change. We all are, aren't we? Well, this is what it's all about. Jesus died for you is right here to meet you where you are every one of you every one of you to touch you God bless you God bless you the Holy Spirit's right here for you the Bible says that if we confess with our mouth and we believe with our heart we shall be saved right here without worrying about being judged or leaving here the old person you were Place your hand upon your heart where Jesus is getting ready to come and rule and reign. Put your hand upon your heart. David said, I opened my heart for you to examine and you to see. Your standing here means he is not going to deal with you according to your sins and your mistakes. Wow. He's not going to deal with your sins and your mistakes. He dealt with them on, in the body of Christ on the cross. He's not going to deal with you He's not here to punish you. He punished our sins on Jesus. And when we accept Jesus, we accept the freedom he gives us by taking that punishment for us. Isn't that good news? So don't leave here worried about being punished, not being accepted, not being good enough. This prayer makes you God's kid. Say this prayer with me. Dear God, I thank you that you are merciful. You are full of love, and you are so kind. Thank you for giving your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for my wrongs, my evil, my sin, and my punishment. Today, I invite you into my heart to be my Lord and to be my Savior. Wash me and cleanse me from all my sins. And I confess I am truly forgiven and I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. <laughs> Let's give the Lord praise. Oh, hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory to God. Now, Lord, raise your hands, church, towards these people. Father, I pray for these, your children. And, Lord, you know the strongholds in their lives right now. You know the problems they're going through. Lord, you know the things that they started speaking from their heart. I ask you in the name of Jesus, merciful Father, to destroy and break every stronghold, every part of bondage 
And Lord, the wounds, the hurts, and the pains that have caused these bondage. Let healing come. Let healing come. Let healing come. Let healing come. Let healing from the hurts, the wounds, let it come. Let it heal the brokenhearted. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, come. Come and heal these wounds. Cover these wounds. In the name of Jesus. Touch these wounds. Make whole all the hurt, all the abuse. Oh, Holy Spirit of God. Heal that heart that's been open through that wound. It's just so open. It seems so hard to close it. It's so hard to close it and go on in life. Holy Spirit, right now, savor and refresh her. Help her to close that chapter. Help her to go forward. Rescue her mind and rescue her soul. Rescue her feelings and rescue her emotions. Let healing come. Let healing come. Let healing come. Let healing come. In the precious name of Jesus. In the precious name of Jesus. Would you stand and would you give God the glory for these souls today? Would you give God all the glory? You want to dismiss in prayer? You want to dismiss in prayer? I'm going to have you dismiss in prayer. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for these souls. We seal them in. Now listen. Next Sunday night, we're having water baptism. Doesn't mean you're joining a certain church. It means you're just following Jesus in obedience. And you're becoming a part of the body of Christ. So there's a sign-up sheet, water baptism. It gives you a new beginning. It causes you to take a new breath and start over again. Listen, this was God this morning. He was working and breaking things. He was breaking things. If we're going to live it, let's live it. If we're going to overcome it, stay with us. We're going to overcome it together. And we're going to see Jesus exalted in every life here in the name of Jesus. We love you. We dedicate you. We bless you. Please tell these precious ones how proud you are of them for taking, coming up here and becoming part of the body of Christ. We love you. We bless you. It was so great to have Taylor with us this morning. God bless you. We pray for you. Success in Jesus' name. We're going to be here tonight, 6 o'clock. We love you. And our brother Trey, would you dismiss us? God, we just thank you for this morning, Father. We praise you that we can just come and uh, worship your throne today, Father. We just we thank you for the word that was preached today, Father. We just uh, we thank you that it just touched every heart here, Father. And we, we just pray that we, you... <laughs> Bring us home safe and uh, bring us back home. To, bring us back to church. Tonight. Never done this before. Anyway, uh, God, we just thank you for everything in Jesus' name. Amen. I can't talk. So.